This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Wow, we've got a lot of news today. No doubt heard that President Obama has been uh, pushing for... Hello? I'm here. Do we have the music off? Are we good? Okay, good. Uh, President Obama is or has commuted the sentences or two very important uh, criminal sentences because of the politics around them, what surrounds the decision and what it tells us about this administration. We're getting a lot of truth at the end here that we've known all along, but now they're not even trying to hide it. So Chelsea Manning known now or formerly known as Bradley Manning, the WikiLeaks original big time leaker back in 2010. Uh, He has been released from prison. There's so much going on here. First of all, that I say he has become some statement of politics. And I have to say there is a very troubling, uh, there is a very troubling correlation between calling Chelsea Manning she and not being particularly bothered by the betrayal of the U.S. military, the betrayal of the United States government, the treason against the American people committed by this individual. So if you think Chelsea Manning or if you say that Chelsea Manning is a she, it also seems very likely, based on everything that I'm reading and seeing out there on the Internet, that you also believe that it wasn't really that big a deal, that, quote, she has suffered enough. Look, you can change your name, and people get to decide what their name is. And if someone wants to be called uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker of the Death Star, and that's their legal name, I guess we'll call them Luke Skywalker of the Death Star. Fine. Although I know that that's mixing up things for you Star Wars fans, but you know what I'm saying. If somebody wanted to be called that, I don't think they would care too much about the accuracy in the Star Wars storyline. But you can't change your gender. Why are we even having a discussion about that in the context of this commutation of Chelsea Manning's sentence? And by the way, if I slip into a she at some point, it's not because I think that Chelsea Manning is a woman. Chelsea Manning is a man. You can't. There is no such thing as as a gender change. They cannot physically do it. And the science on this starts to become a real problem for the left. Uh, No matter what I decided about my body or my mentality or my psychology, I will never be able to carry a child to term. I do not have XX chromosomes in my body. I am a male. This is just a biological reality. The same reality that Chelsea Manning has. 
and that the left gets so sneering and uppity and crazy about this just shows you they have they have lost their minds. This is not up for discussion. Science cannot transition a man into a woman. They can create the sort of uh, physical attributes that we liken to female. They can put hormones in the body, but they cannot actually do it. Not possible. And there's no scientist that I've read or heard of on the planet who can claim otherwise, but we're just supposed to go along with this. Bend the knee. The LGBTQ lobby in this country went right from gay marriage, now called marriage equality, to we have to celebrate, revere, and pay for gender dysphoria and the sex reassignment surgery that's supposed to come from it, even though there's really no such thing. And we all understand that this was, from the perspective of this commutation, essential. The left celebrates this. Democrats, by and large, celebrate the leniency given to Chelsea Manning. And we're going to have on later in the show today somebody who defends people in classified uh, breach cases and in publishing books when the agencies knows this area of law backwards and forwards. And so we'll talk about the reality of this, that Chelsea Manning was going to be up for parole relatively soon, had served seven years, was not pardoned, was commuted. I understand all of that. But did anyone really expect that if Chelsea Manning hadn't decided to change his name and start being referred to as her, that there would have been nearly so much sympathy on the left? This would have been a cause for them. Because the whistleblower defense that they tried, the whistleblower lie that's out there, just falls apart under scrutiny. Releasing hundreds of thousands of classified documents to a third party that then puts them on the open web for anyone to read which, oh, by the way, means that WikiLeaks has it, which means Russian intelligence has it, which also means that the redactions that WikiLeaks did for the public disclosure don't really much matter because who knows how many intelligence services and, yes, even maybe hackers on the inside had access to everything, the full names, the identities, everything that was in those uh, secret documents. You cannot claim to be a whistleblower when, one, you're not blowing the whistle on any specific activity. Two, you release a whole lot of activity that has nothing to do with blowing any whistles. And three, you haven't even read a vast majority of the classified information you are releasing. This was utterly reckless. It was indefensible. And Chelsea Manning even admitted that this was a big mistake and pled guilty. Is seven years enough? Is 10 years enough? Is 15 years enough? Usually we look to the courts to decide these matters. I would point out that there are people serving much stiffer sentences for doing a whole lot less. Maybe not with respect to a leak case specifically, but mandatory minimums on drug trafficking, any number of offenses that involve firearms, and you're looking at 10, 15 years in federal penitentiary, and there's no bloggers out there crying about how you need to be released, about the injustice of being a female in a male prison. I brought up on this show, I think a couple of years ago it was, 
that given the way the left is going, the best thing somebody who was sentenced to life in prison as a man could do is claim he's a woman and just keep putting off the surgery. If you're going to be a guy in federal prison, you'd much rather be the one guy in a female federal prison than in a federal prison surrounded by convicts, many of whom are violent and dangerous to you while you are incarcerated. Never mind the other benefits of being the only male in a female prison, which we could talk about another time. This was all politics for the Obama administration, just like everything is. And the media really has lost its mind. You have people saying that it was unfair to have Bradley, uh, Chelsea Manning in a prison for men. Brad, uh, Chelsea Manning is, is a man. This is, not up, this is not up for debate or discussion. It's not to be mean. It's not to hurt someone. If he wants to grow his hair long and wear a dress, and he's got the freedom to do all of that. Although in prison, you do lose a lot of your freedoms, it should be noted. You don't have the freedom to watch what you want to watch on TV. You don't have the freedom to have whatever objects and distractions you want in that cell. You are really the property of the state while you are in prison. And so this notion that it was a terrible injustice that Chelsea Manning couldn't grow his hair out longer, there's all sorts of things that you can and cannot do in prison. He also was under UCMJ because he's a member of the military, which changes it even more. But Chelsea Manning was not a whistleblower. That is an, in, that is an incorrect designation. Chelsea Manning could have been a whistleblower based on a much closer reading of a much smaller amount of the information that was released to WikiLeaks. But that's like saying, well, I I could have I I could have run in and stopped the orphanage from burning down, but instead I just decided that it would be better to burn it down faster because we don't want the fire department to waste too much time, so I just threw gasoline all over it. That that sorry, doesn't count. The coulda woulda shoulda in this is not compelling in the least. And in fact, what Manning did is the opposite of a whistleblower in that it served the interests of foreign powers. I need to know there's a, there's a piece in the Weekly Standard that says that Al-Qaeda was very interested in WikiLeaks of the, of the Manning documents. That bin Laden himself on his digital files had some of the WikiLeaks trove. They really wanted to know this stuff. Aiding and abetting the enemy. People don't like the term treason because there was a time, and it still is on the books, when you'd be shot for treason. It's a very serious offense. And yet here we are in a clear-cut case of treason. But because the individual who pled guilty and was guilty, and there's really no debate about that, says that he is now a she, there is this tremendous outpouring of sympathy from the left, and they treat him like he's something of a hero. A hero for what? For whom? How? Was fully aware of what he was doing. Didn't think that there were pink elephants flying around his head telling him that this was the way that he would solve world problems and he'd become some sort of messiah on his own planet or something. I mean, this is not a person who was deranged. This is just, although I think his mental health has now, for the purposes of helping to get him out of prison, been called into question a lot. And yet here I am, falling into the trap. And I will deal with this on the other side of the break. 
spending more time or at least spending my first bit of time talking to you about Chelsea Manning instead of what I view as a much more serious breach lapse in judgment from the Obama administration. Although you could also just argue that this is the Obama administration showing us its true colors once again. And that is the commutation of Oscar Lopez Rivera, F-A-L-N terrorist. Commuting the sentence of a terrorist. Why would he do that? What do we know about the F-A-L-N? What possible rationale could there be for leniency for these horrific, stupid, pointless, vile terrorists in the FALN. It's it's one thing to be a terrorist for a group that actually has a constituency. Puerto Rico wants to stay by every referendum, by every vote, by every poll that that anyone can point to in recent memory would like to stay as a part of the US. It's a good it's a good gig. And these Cuban trained murderers and assassins trained by Cuban intelligence, these communist Marxist nutbags thought that by blowing up a few innocent people here and there, they were going to achieve some glorious revolution for Puerto Rico that would break it away from America's yoke. Please. Not only bloodthirsty terrorists, but idiots on top of it. This guy was a member of that group. Hey, we'll get into this and much more, team. We've got a packed show today. I'm going to hit a break now. We'll be right back. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800 600 That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. So there's this group, the FALN. Many of you have, I'm sure, heard of it, but a lot of people know very little about it. The acronym is Fuerzas Armadas de Liberación Nacional. So it's the Armed Forces of National Liberation. And it is a Puerto Rican terrorist group. That's all it is. Uh, and, oh, of course, Lin- the, the, here we go. I mean, this uh, Hamilton, I haven't seen it, but I know it's crap, but I'll have to see it to talk about how it's the most overrated crap on the planet, but I refuse to pay $700. Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator of the Broadway hit Hamilton, took to Twitter on Tuesday, according to Newsbusters, here to celebrate Barack Obama's commutation of Oscar Lopez Rivera's prison sentence. Sobbing with gratitude here in Lopez, here in London, Oscar Lopez Rivera is coming home. Thank you, POTUS. That's from the creator of the hit musical Hamilton <sighs> God. all right what is the FALN that this Mr. Lopez belonged to was a leader of let me borrow from a daily news account from back in 1975 the place was Francis uh, Francis Tavern the historic red and yellow brick restaurant on Pearl Street, where, as any tour book will tell you, the most famous of American freedom fighters, George Washington, said farewell to his officers in 1783. History would again be made at that tavern on a mild winter day 192 years later. A lively crowd of Wall Streeters and business executives were having lunch in the Anglers and Tarpon Club 
in a second-floor dining room adjacent to the main building. Among them were Harold Sherburn, 66, Frank Connor, 33, two executives, James Gazork and Alejandro Berger, 28 and 32, respectively, who uh, were there for their last meal. At 1.29 p.m., according to the Daily News account, a tremendous explosion rocked the building, sending shivers up to the 60th floor cafeteria of the nearby Chase Manhattan building. Sherburn, Connor, and Berger died on the spot. Gazork lost his fight for life later at the hospital. Firefighters found a scene of utter havoc with blood and dust-covered men and women, many in business attire, writhing in agony in the streets or shrieking under piles of rubble or wandering about with stunned, blank eyes. Within 15 minutes, dazed and screaming victims, one of them with an arm tore off, were being carried away. The Associated Press received a phone call. The caller boasted that the bomb was the handiwork of the FALN, the Armed Forces of Puerto Rican National Liberation. In a note, police found that a phone booth nearby, the FALN wrote, We take full responsibility for the especially detonated bomb that exploded at Francis Tavern with reactionary corporate executives inside. All right, end quote. Why would anybody ever receive leniency who was involved in that kind of an act? Why would the president of the United States commute the sentence of an individual who had a hand in those kinds of horrific terrorist attacks? The FLN took credit for 130 bombings across the United States, including one in the Mobile Building on 42nd Street in New York City that killed an attorney, and in Chicago, Washington, D.C., Newark, and Miami. They evaded capture for years. Obama uses his power as commander-in-chief to let scum like Lopez out. Lin-Manuel Miranda celebrates that scum being let out of prison, I, I mean, there should be a boycott of that stupid Hamilton show. And I don't call for boycotts lightly. I think boycotts are generally counterproductive and childish. But in this case, look, I'm a one-man boycott. I'm not going to. Now, I said I was to see it before. I don't want to go see it. You know why the FALN terrorists before were pardoned? It tells you a lot about how Democrats operate. Bill Clinton did it over the objection of pretty much all of the law enforcement community, intel community, you name it. You know why Bill Clinton pardoned almost all of the FALN terrorists, except for this one, that Obama is now commuted, or they were commuted, commuting the sentence, because he refused to take responsibility in writing for what he did. Wouldn't take the deal. The Clintons wanted, or Bill Clinton wanted to help his wife, our would-be president of the United States, Madam Secretary Hillary Clinton, wanted to help her win a Senate seat in New York and figured, I've got an idea. Let's buy off the Puerto Rican vote in New York City, which is considerable. There are about a million people of Puerto Rican descent in New York City. Let's buy off the Puerto Rican vote somehow or some portion of it by freeing these Puerto Rican terrorists. That was the Clinton calculation back in the very end of Bill Clinton's presidency. The Democrats can't pretend to take national security seriously because they don't. And that's why I don't want to hear any more whining. Oh, Russian hacking and Russia's coming for us. Yeah, you take Russia seriously. Maybe you should take this other stuff seriously, too, you clowns. We'll be right back.
All right, team, we're joined now by Mark Zaid. He's an attorney who handles cases involving national security, security clearances, government investigations, media freedom of information act requests, and whistleblowing. You're a former government employee, and uh, Uncle Sam comes after you, rightly or wrongly, uh, for saying things you're not supposed to or saying things that everybody knows in a book that somehow Uncle Sam still has a problem with. Mark's the kind of guy who can actually help you out because he knows these things. Mark, thanks for calling in. My pleasure, Buck. All right. Bunch of big, uh, well, some pardons and some commutations yesterday. The major headline, although I think in some ways the FALN uh, commutation is, is a bigger issue, major one is Chelsea Manning. You handle these kinds of cases all the time. Uh, you and I had a, a little a little back and forth on Twitter, and I wanted to give you a, a, a platform and a place to sort of air out uh, as much as you want of what happened here. You think that given what how other leak prosecutions go or have gone and, and the sentences attached to them, Seven years, you say, is enough. Please go, take the floor. Explain. Tell us why. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. So when it comes to these Espionage Act prosecutions for leaks, not for spying, there have been not that many. And we hear this fallacy about the Obama administration prosecuting more than any other administration combined, which factually is true. But you have to put it into a context. When I've been handling these cases starting from the 90s, the Clinton administration would have loved to have prosecuted any number of leakers of classified information. They just never had the evidence. As, as we entered into the digital age, reporters and leakers have not taken the precautions that they needed to, so they've left a trail, and, and evidence was allowed to be accumulated. And that was what was one of the cases in Manning. Manning had correspondence uh, over email while he was in Iraq with, with a blogger, and that led to the blogger then turning manning in uh, about the leaks to wikileaks now the information that manning leaked it depends on who you talk to but for the most part the government's in agreement that the the level of information that was leaked and by no means do i condone it that this was the saddest of all the cases manning could have gone through proper whistleblowing channels whether internally with the army or coming to an attorney like me and quite frankly, I think everything would have worked out perfectly fine for Manning. The fact that they went on, that he at the time went on his own and, and leaked the information in the manner that they was done uh, undercut everything from the legitimacy. And it turned out that the majority of the information that was leaked turned out to only show that the U.S. government was doing exactly what it was saying it was doing pro- publicly. It actually supports well, the information. But, Mark, doesn't that undercut the the designation of Manning as a whistleblower at all? First of all, the scope, I mean, the breadth of the information, hundreds of thousands of documents, which we all know he didn't read. So he just released a whole bunch of stuff out there, which on its face is reckless. And then I still want to know what was what was he blowing the whistle about, that there's secret diplomatic relationships with governments all over the world, that the U.S. military is prosecuting a war and that war is a dangerous messy and and hellish business what was the whistle being even theoretically what was he what did he think he was blowing the whistle on i thought it was just because he wanted to start a global conversation or something along those lines was the quote that i had heard right and this is where there's a parallel between snowden and manning the number of documents taken are just physically impossible to have read so that meant they just grabbed this information and then just leaked it without any concern as to what was in it. Now, as far as I know, with respect to Manning, 
there were some aspects of it that I think would have been taken seriously by any inspector general office or member of Congress, predominantly the Apache Bush, where the Reuters journalist was killed. You got it? Right. You still here? Yeah, sorry. We thought you cut out. Go ahead. No, that's okay. And that Apache helicopter video raised some legitimate concerns. It ended up not being war crimes just by a legal matter. Uh, I think there were some aspects of abuse by Iraqi Iraqi military uh, and whether or not the U.S. was complicit in it. There were legitimate questions. But I agree that, for one, everybody should understand, if you don't blow the whistle legally, you're not a whistleblower. Now, that may be a distinction without a difference, meaning you don't have any protections under the law if you don't follow the law in, in uh, leaking the information. You cannot leak it to the media if it's classified and be a legitimate lawful whistleblower. Now, the seven-year sentence was the longest any leaker, actually 35-year sentence, seven longest any leaker has ever received. If you look at by the basis of the damage that was done, which even the U.S. says was minimal, the unique circumstances with Manning as to how he, then she, was treated in prison. Even the judge agreed that uh, the treatment was completely inappropriate, make stand naked in solitary confinement. Manning was even given credit for that uh, by, by length of terms of the sentence. There's a very unique circumstance that, that they... Is he cutting in and out, or am I the only one that... I, I can't hear what he's saying. Uh, Mark, where, where, where are you? we got to get you to a, we want to hear what you're saying, but you're cutting in and out. So um, are you driving? It sounds like you're driving, which means we may be uh, out yeah, of luck I'm here. Sorry. I, I, am, I am driving in, in right by the Washington Monument at the moment. So this, oh, gotcha. Okay. This is, uh, but, for, but let me ask you, John, John, Curi- John Kiriakou was threatened with 30 years in prison for far less than what Chelsea Manning did. Now, he didn't get 30 now, years. Nope. Uh, John, who once was my client, and in fact I represented one of the journalists he leaked classified information to in that case, he ended up getting about three, three and a half years, and then he was sent to a halfway house at a, at a time, the, uh, the time of his sentence. The, now, he pled guilty under the Intelligence Identities Protection Act uh, for revealing a, a covert officer's name. Uh, I... I would challenge anyone to tell me why John Kiriakou was a whistleblower. Interesting. So, so he was. He is not a whistleblower because that's his. Uh, no. His whole thing is that he was. It was retribution, right? For for water for waterboarding or his stand on waterboarding. But it sounds like he just made a mistake. Any, I, I have read the emails that led to his conviction and his pleading guilty. He's not blowing the whistle on anything. He was one of the first CIA officials to come on record and reveal information that we already knew. That's not whistleblowing. He never did anything internally to blow the whistle on anything or anyone. I think he was targeted because he pissed off officials within the CIA. There's no doubt about that. I think he was treated unfairly in the prosecution and by the sentence that he received. But that's part and parcel different from being a whistleblower. Too often, those who are supportive of these individuals who have been prosecuted have linked 
if you leak classified information to a journalist, you are a whistleblower. And that's not necessarily the case. Now, the problem with Manning's case, and I think, if, and we'll jump to Cartwright because I think that's even more problematic. Yeah, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about Cartwright too. But go ahead. Yeah, the problem with Manning's case is that it led. He and the case of Thomas Drake led and created Ed Snowden. We have to look at some part of the U.S. government's fault or complicity in this, and not setting up a system that would have encouraged people like Manning to come through the chain of command and raise their concerns instead of going elsewhere. The Cartwright case, the pardon, I think is even more problematic because the message that the Cartwright case and General Petraeus's case sends is that if you, the higher ranking you are, the more lenient you are treated, where it should be the top down. It should be those at the highest level are setting the example for those below. Now, there may have been reasons why to be more lenient on Cartwright, not only his contribution to the country, but his age, his medical condition, They're just as what was taken into consideration for Manning. But to pardon him outright, rather than say, let him, he was already pled guilty, let him be sentenced and then commute the sentence, if that was going to be possible, because obviously Obama would be out of office, much in the same way that Sandy Berger was, uh, former national security advisor, or uh, Scooter Libby with President Bush. Uh, their sentence were, co were commuted, not their crimes pardoned. The, and it's the message that is being sent by successive administrations in the arena of national security whistleblowers that literally, the wrong message, that creates people like Ed Snowden. People who we don't want, uh, we don't want coming forward uh, in the manner that they are, that could be destructive to the national security interests of the United States. All right, Mark Zaid is an attorney who handles cases involving national security, security clearance, and government investigations and whistleblowing. Uh, Mark, where can people go to read more of your work, or where should they follow you on Twitter? Yep, they can just go to my website, markzaid.com, M-A-R-K-Z-A-I-D. Uh, and I think my Twitter handle is Mark S. Zaid Esquire. All right. Mark, thank you very much for joining. Appreciate it. Anytime, Buck. Sorry for the communication difficulties. All good. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Uh, team, the phone lines are open, 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. All right, we've got Joe in California on the line. Joe, you're on the Buck Saxon Show. Welcome. Joe? Shields high, Buck. Hey, what's up, Hello? Joe? Shields high. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, good to talk to you. Um, so these uh, commutations of these sentences, um, they're the final disgraceful acts of what, in my opinion, has been a graceless and disgraceful presidency. I'm glad you, you spoke so forcefully about how Bradley Manning was not a whistleblower, but more or less, I would, my read on him was basically a bitter, disgruntled, uh, vindictive employee just randomly exposing anything and everything he could get his hands on with no real, uh, no real intent to sh expose anything that was illegal or certainly unconstitutional, but just get as much out there as he could. And now uh, the president left him off at the same time that 
the federal government is persecuting people for refusing to bake cakes, um, suing the little sisters of the poor. You know, that's the America that we we live in today. And <clears throat> that is going to be President Obama's true true legacy. Uh, you know, I, I thought your last guest had a lot of good comments, and obviously he knows a lot more about the situation than I do from from my rather distant perspective. However, um, I, I still haven't seen anything, and maybe maybe Bradley Manning's crimes weren't that egregious. I don't know, but uh, in in terms of the impacts that what he released did have, it because of the classification issues and the confidentiality and agents still in the field, all those sorts of things, it, it's pretty tough to prove a case like that in court because you don't want to export, expose those other things. So. You know, um, you're a lot closer to it than I am. You know a lot more about it than I do. But I would have to say that what you have said today about it is I agree with that 100 percent. Well, one of the problems you have here is that to do a full damage assessment, which the intelligence community and and the military would have to do and and the diplomatic community and State Department as well. When there's a breach of this magnitude, it's really even hard to, to comprehend what a damage assessment would look like. And then when you get beyond that and get into a public prosecution, uh, this is I think they call it gray mail, uh, where you don't where you, you you say that you have to for a real defense, you'd have to air more information in the public than the government wants to. And they don't want to do that. And so they either settle out of court or they try to come up with something as an explanation for, um, uh, you know, they, they try to come up with some means of not releasing all that information publicly. And that can be to the defendant's benefit because if it's a highly classified program or if there are sources and methods involved that would be necessary for the prosecution uh, there there are reasons why the government wouldn't go forward with that uh, in the Bradley Manning case though we keep hearing he's a whistleblower he's not blowing the whistle on anything he it was what he did was quite honestly childish and there except that it had very grave consequences but I mean his mentality was well there's bad things happening and look at this diplomatic conversation behind closed doors and let's just show the world everything and let the world figure it out. He really is a, is an early devotee of what has become a, a cover story for WikiLeaks, but this notion of WikiLeaks as a radical transparency organization. Well, it's radical transparency, but only for American institutions and uh, American government activity, uh, not for Russian or Chinese or anyone else anywhere in the world. So I think that tells us a lot about what the true intent is. But he was one of those people, and that's really the justification in, in his mind or in the minds of his supporters for what he did. I just also think you can't overstate how much sympathy he gets now because he's LBGTQ, uh, a member of the LGBTQ community, right? Yeah, now everyone, now everyone talks about him like he's some sort of a, a civil rights hero or something because he's transitioning to a woman while in prison. And you have all these people that are correcting me on Twitter and elsewhere saying, well, don't call him he, he's a she. Really, that, so now that's become the, now that's the issue. That's the, 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 the central point of all of this. So I, I just think that's the whole thing the is. Issue, but uh, that's always the issue. Hang tough on I, that. I, I know. Well, Hang if you listen to the that. left, that, that is always the issue. Joe in California, great to talk to you, my friend, Shields High. Uh, team, we've got a lot more coming in an hour or two here in just a few minutes. 888 uh, also, Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. We're going to talk a bit about inauguration chaos. Is it going to happen? That and more coming up. You're listening to Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network.